All right, we're diving in here to a little short sermon series. We were doing that one where we talked about uh, spiritual formation, right? And growing and learning and being more like Jesus. Um, but now we've, we've got a two-week stint before we have our Christmas party, so we just have two weeks to talk about something that I feel has been uh, pressed on me for a little bit here. Um, and we're titling it Built Different. Have you guys ever, I mean, the meme, you know, that like people walk around and they go like, I'm built different, right? Do you do that? Or are you, oh, you are? Who can do their best built different impression? Anybody? What? I didn't hear. <laughs> Good one, you got it. All right. We're all built different to some degree, and whether that you think that that means that makes you really strong or like good at football or something, I mean, I don't know. But when we look at ourselves as Christians, right, we're built different, meaning that we look at the world in a very different way from maybe your friends, maybe your family, maybe different people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. But basically, this is what I've been feeling. I just don't fit in. I don't like the same things. I don't dress the same way. Not always, but this can be the case, right? I don't watch the same things. I don't talk the same way. I don't walk the same way. In every way, you, me, if you're following Jesus, you're built completely different. You look at the world differently. You interact with people differently, right? And you can walk around and say, I'm built different, like that guy in the back, but... You can also just think about it like this. And what I'm saying is that that's a good thing, right? If you feel different in this world, that's a good thing. You shouldn't feel like you fit into culture. You really shouldn't. Because if you feel like you fit in, then you're probably doing something wrong. You're probably trying just a little bit too hard to fit in. Um, and that brings us in here to Romans 12, um, 1 and 2. Let's read the passage and then ask the question, right? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, like, we, we're all of a sudden confronted with this idea, right? In, in verse 2, it's really simple. Don't be like the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the prayer and the reading of the word, right? If we go back to where we were just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the importance of prayer, how it changes your life, the importance of reading your Bible, how it changes who you are, right? But this part right here before it, and we probably already talked about this this year, but this idea of a living sacrifice, like we are a walking sacrifice. I'm not even going to unpack it for you, but just keep that kind of stuck in your head here. We kind of have to dig into what, what it truly means to be a living sacrifice. But first, we have to understand some of the different things that we're called to in order to be a living sacrifice, right? So this is the nice part about the more that you read the, your Bible, the more it just starts to make sense. Because you have these little passages where you read them. Living sacrifice, what in the world? But then if you go just a little bit further, we're challenged again with a new one. This is a totally different book, but following Romans, we have 1 Corinthians 6, and this is verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. 
You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So, so we're one, a walking sacrifice. But we're two, oh, too far. Temple. This is, this is really important. This part is, is probably and can be one of the most shaping parts of what it means to be a Christian in your high school and college years. Viewing who you are as a human being in the bodily sense and not just in your head is incredibly important in how it shapes how, you, how you'll choose to interact with the world. You have an opportunity each, each and every day when you wake up, right? You get out of bed. You, I mean, what do you do when you get out of bed? You, like, brush your teeth, maybe? I don't really do that right away. I tend to... You go breakfast first and then brush your teeth to make sure your teeth are clean until lunch, right? And they're really not dirty. All you did was sleep. But So you get out of bed. You eat breakfast, brush your teeth, whatever. You get ready for the day. What else are you doing in the morning? Huh? Maybe we check up on any homework we have left, get on the bus, and we're off to school. If you're homeschooled, you're off to your kitchen table, right? You sit down and you start on the grind. What is the one thing that's not in your head yet in that day, the one that we just created? God. We didn't even think about him yet. Because we've built a habit of starting our day without him. Why? Because it's, it's natural and it's easy to wake up each and every day and just wake up and go. Especially at the pace that you live at. The space that I live at, right? You're woken up by an alarm. You have a million things on your calendar and you just go. But, but it's kind of like this. Part of the reason that I'm going to encourage you to start your day with the Bible is one, because you're built different. Or you want to be. What does it take to be built different? What does an athlete have to do to achieve built different? Train, work hard, work out, hit the gym. His routine would have probably started with a run in the morning, maybe a quick 100 sets at the gym, protein shake, and then he brushed his teeth. But if you're going to be built different as a Christian, you have to start your day with this. This is your meat right here. If you don't start your day with this, guys, you're not going to think about God at all. You are definitely not going to achieve a temple. And you're definitely not going to achieve a walking sacrifice. You have to start with this. I was challenged um, just the other night. You know, I probably spent just as much time as you on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. If you don't have it yet, then you're lucky. Don't get it. It's not worth it. But you get to those reels, and I swear they were like designed to just consume everything you are. It doesn't even matter. They're the most random things in the world. I don't know what yours are, but like I have the most random ones. In deer season, it's all people deer hunting. Every single one is a big buck walking through the woods, and I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen to me. And then throughout the rest of the year, it's the boating accidents. It's um, people getting lost in the woods. There's this weird random one. Maybe you'll see it now that I said it. I just told this one to Jessica Hills. I was like, these people, they, they actually like clean cow hooves. 
out at the ranches and they like they get infected and they clean them and you can watch a video of it. It's like weirdly satisfying. And then there's the other ones, you know, that are always on my feet. It's the cooking ones. I tell you, those cooking ones, I just like really like watching it. And when you can hear the sound of everything getting chopped and then sizzling, and then all of a sudden the final product, you're like, oh, I'm really hungry. <laughs> but it was designed to suck us in. And, and I get to one and I'm like, shoot, this one wasn't designed to suck me in. And this guy, he said, tell, tell, us, how, tell us how God changed your life. He said, well, he just changed everything I am. Changed the way I walk, the way I talk, the things that I do, the things I don't do. He's captivated everything that I am, and all I want to do is chase after him. I was like, okay, everyone says that. But he took it a step further, and he said, well, why did that happen? How did you get there? He said, because you told me, the guy that's interviewing, to spend the first hour of every day in my Bible. Spend the first hour of every day in his Bible. And I was like, oh, right, an hour? And he said, no, really. I spend the first hour of every day in my Bible, so much so that when my alarm goes off, I'm excited to get out of my bed. Because I've been doing it for so long, and I've found so much life and hope and joy and peace in that one-hour time frame. There's nothing better. I hate getting up in the morning. Absolutely hate it. Ask my wife. Hate it. So much so that, like, when the baby wakes me up sometimes in the morning, it's like 5.36. Regularly, I would have gotten up that early to maybe commute to work or whatever, but in this season of life, I don't necessarily have to get up super early. I could stay up later or whatever. 5.36, my baby goes off, not the alarm clock, just the baby. My alarm clock is still set for seven. Never changed it, but the baby goes off, 5.36 o'clock, and I say, Jessica, do I have to get up? I was like, what am I going to do? She just sits on the floor, but she won't go back to bed. Sometimes she cries, but mostly just chills, right? I changed something in my routine recently, and I'm not always super consistent with it, but I want to get to the place that that guy's at. My baby will sit for one hour exactly. I swear it's one hour exactly, and she won't need my attention. Sits on the floor. She has this little bit of toy. She'll pull every single one out. It takes her about an hour. I said, well, what would happen if I just read my Bible for the whole hour? If I just prayed and like spent some time in the Word? All of a sudden, outside of today, today was really hard to get out of bed. But all of a sudden, it wasn't so hard to get out of bed. I was like, actually looking forward to it. And as the hours would get closer to waking, I would notice my thoughts subconsciously, consciously, when the baby's up, whatever. Like, oh, I get to hang out with God at 6 o'clock. I get to like read my Bible at 6 o'clock. Because here's the thing, guys, like, I'm on this platform right now, but I've gotten off it many times, and I feel like I don't actually want to take the energy step down right now. But, you know, I'm, like, no different than you are outside of, give or take, 5 to 10 years. Probably more like 10 to 15. But I'm really no different. I'm really just somebody who came to church every week. I went to college for something like Bible college. But at the time, I never had the intention of standing on a stage in front of a bunch of students. I had the intention of doing like what Colin and Elliot were doing. So wasn't thinking this way at all. But what I realized is that our world is going to eat you alive. Me, you, my family. The circumstances and things that you face today are a million times worse than the things that I faced when I was even your age. And you probably hear that from your parents or your pastor or your mentor or your youth group leader, whoever it is. But like really grasp it for just a second. 
In your pocket is a supercomputer that you can literally look, listen, watch, hear, talk to anyone or anything that you want to. It can be the Bible in every translation that exists, or language, basically. Or it can be all of the other things that we don't have to name. So what I'm saying is, like, let's, let's try to capture this idea of build different in just a few slides and a lot of words. So let's go backwards to what it means to be a sacrifice. If we want to live for Jesus, that hour should be nothing to us. Let's really step up and be built different, okay? It sounds like a lot. We've been doing soap. I get that. Soap's a great place to start. We're going to keep giving you soap cards. Probably not now until January, but in this break that you have, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands coming up here in like three weeks, right? You're going to have like all day, no homework, just friends and whatever you want to do with yourself. Try it. 30 minutes to an hour. I love it when people say like, oh, don't go for an hour right away. Like, that's too much. That'll scare you. Like, like just, just, just do like 15 minutes and then work up to it. If you start with 15 minutes, I bet you you're going to go backwards and do 10 and 5 and like, then just read a couple verses and be done. Like, really challenge yourself. 30 minutes is not that much time. You spend probably five to six hours on your cell phone just in like half a day. Some days, maybe eight to 10 hours on it. If you look at your screen time reports, you can see it. I know because I average with a full-time job and like other stuff that I do as well, like four and a half hours on my phone. Some of it's talking to Jessica or texting or working and whatever, but like the majority of those hours is not spent doing those things. And for sure, I was off work last week because we didn't have youth and stuff. I spent just as much, if not more time on my phone when I wasn't working. Spend that hour with God and see what happens. Okay? Because we want to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And if we're going to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, then we need to see it first as a temple. Or in conjunction as a temple, right? And the way we look at it as a temple is this. The things that you do that you wear, that you watch, that you say, and the list goes so far on, that you hear, so on and so forth, they, they get inside you. And all of a sudden, the body that's a temple isn't a very clean one. It isn't a very pretty one. It isn't a very strong one. And it's definitely not one that God wants to hang out in if you're not careful. We have the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ that washes over us and cleanses us whenever we ask him to do that for us. But we can't just keep asking for it and living however we want to. Because that makes you no more than like the, guy, the next guy down the street. If you really want to be built different, you really want to know Jesus, then you have to start actually walking and stepping in this. And that does mean making sacrifices. That sacrifice might just be reading your Bible for an hour, but it could also be choosing not to go to your friends to that movie because it's just not like, there's this one scene in it where the guy and the girl have sex and then there's like five million swear words and then they have sex again at the end and I just don't need that in my life. Because as you let it in, you'll realize that it's a lot harder to get it out. 
and it starts affecting you in different ways and then you're watching this and then you're saying that and then all of a sudden you swear at your mom and you're like, whoa, but I thought I was built different. But I thought I was really like, not just another kid on the street. Not to make light of your friends or whatever, like I bet they're all really legit people and I'd love to hang out with y'all at some point. But what I'm saying is that like, if you really, really want to go deeper and you want to know Jesus and you want to step forward in faith and believe that your life is going to be more than just a nine to five where you work and you get a family and you pass on whatever you can to them. If you want to make an impact, change people, change yourself, change your family, change the life that your kids are offered, then you have to really step up and step into that. And you have to see your body as a temple. Let's look at um, Romans 6 here. I don't have this one on the screen. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to it. Somebody just told me they don't they don't use their they don't bring their Bibles because they never get to use them. So there you go. Here's your opportunity. This is why you should bring it. Romans six. We're gonna be in verse nineteen. I'll even give you a second to get there. It's really nice, actually. I'm reading out of the NIV. Paul uses really plain language here, as he's. Um, Preaching about being dead to sin and alive in Christ, slaves to righteousness. He says, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap of that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. This is a really good verse right there, guys. 21. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Think of the things in your life, the sin that you don't want to be living in. What's the benefit? It sounds really, really nice. Sounds really, really nice. Tastes like honey on your lips. Really gives you a stomachache. Sounds really nice, but nothing but death results from those things. In 22, he says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So here's the option we have. Really simple. You can choose Jesus and thus choose life, or you cannot. It's really like not complex. Sometimes we make this book, this platform, this room really complex, really intense. Like, gotta get this down, gotta understand this, gotta understand that, gotta know what sanctification is and righteousness and holiness and eternal life and choose Jesus. Read your Bible, pray, encounter God, encounter the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. That's all it takes to go from point A to point B. When you choose Jesus, 
and you choose to stop, you fill in the blank. You choose life. You choose a life that like, you wouldn't be choosing otherwise. You choose hope instead of sadness. You choose joy. You choose peace instead of anxiety. And I'm not saying that you won't come against some of that stuff. I've lived with anxiety and for Jesus at the same time. It's just as real as living with depression and for Jesus at the same time or anything else like that. That stuff can, can definitely come against you. But when you choose to open your Bible and start your day with that one-hour workout, uh, what a way to start your day. That stuff might come against you, but it's not going to beat you because you're going to be built different. Let's just wrap up this little section here. Um, in my notes, this little section here in my notes. There's a lot of weird people in the Bible, okay? You got this guy, John the Baptist, right? This is going somewhere, I promise. You got this guy, John the Baptist, who lived in the desert, and wore like camel skins for clothes, ate locusts and stuff. Kind of weird. David's in the Bible back in Psalms, and before Psalms, uh, you can read about his life a little bit. He danced naked before God all the time. Like he would go into the temple and just kind of dance naked. Nobody would watch, so it wasn't like weird, but also really weird. Because like even if nobody's watching me, I guess I would just wear clothes if I was going to dance before God, right? Or at least like underwear. <laughs> kind of weird. There's this guy named Samson, right? Weird, but in a built different kind of way, because he was super strong. Didn't cut his hair for like his entire life until he was like 40 or something. Couldn't say exactly, don't quote me. But he was pretty old. Imagine this though, you have a guy in the Bible where they don't have like soap and stuff, who doesn't cut his hair for his whole life. About how long do you think his hair was? A borderline touching the ground probably. So then you have a society that doesn't really have shoes or toilets and hair that almost touches the ground. You know, like, that's weird. Sure, he got to be really strong, but like, do you need to be that strong that you smell and have like nasty hair all the time? His story ends a little bit differently, but different. When I say different, I don't, I don't mean like weird. I'm not saying you all need to be like quirky for Jesus. I'm saying that when you choose Jesus, you might be choosing not to fit in. You might be choosing not to go on a date that you would have gone on otherwise. You might be choosing not to go to a movie that you would have gone on, not to hang out with certain friends, because you might be choosing Jesus instead of that. And it might make you feel like you're different or weird, but you're not weird. You fit right in. And if you don't feel just a little bit different when you walk down the halls at school, or when you walk into a family reunion, if you don't feel just a little different, like, oh, wow, that's kind of, am I supposed to do that? Because I don't feel like I should do that. If you don't feel different, you're doing it wrong. You really are. If you live in a good Christian home, then like, you're not doing it wrong if you don't feel different. But when you're with other people and they're saying things and making choices and you're not like, oh, wait, what? Choose Jesus, guys.
be, be built different.